This is Dave Doggett, and you're listening to the Maritime Outdoorsman Podcast, episode number two. Hello there, and thanks for tuning in for this episode of the Maritime Outdoorsman Podcast. In today's episode, which is number two, um, we're going to be talking with Mike Sabin, who is heavily involved with the Lunenburg Rod and Gun Club, as well as firearm safety training courses here in Nova Scotia. Um, additionally, if you want to directly check out the show notes for this episode, they can be found at www.maritimeoutdoorsman.com slash 002 for episode two. Um, you can also find archives for pe- uh, previous episodes and, of course, upcoming episodes will be posted there as well. Before we get started, I want to do a little bit of a shout out to one of our main sponsors uh, on the website network as well as this podcast, and that is for Lakeel Country Store. And, of course, they're located in Lakeel, which is in the Annapolis Valley of Nova Scotia. Um, They have the largest selection of rifles, shotguns, handguns, and crossbows in Nova Scotia. And uh, they're open seven days a week. You can call them at 902-532-5362. And additionally, you can visit their website online at www.lakeelcountrystore.com. That's L-E-Q-U-I-L-L-E countrystore.com. All right, so we're going to get started here, and I'm going to get Mike Sabin on the line, and we're going to hear what Mike has to say, and that's going to uh, make up the bulk of this particular episode. So enjoy. I've got uh, Mike Sabin on the on the line with me today, and um, Mike's been a, a member on uh, NovaScotiaHunting.com for a while, and Mike, your username is A-Class, E-H, Class, is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. Excellent, and I understand that you're uh, you're quite involved in the Lunenburg Rod and Gun Gun Club. Is that an accurate statement? <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. I've been a member since uh, about 1991, late 1991. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been the secretary for the club. I've been the president for the club. I've been past president for the club, and I've been the handgun chairman now since. Uh, 1992. Okay. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pretty involved in the club. So. Uh, excellent. And um, how many uh, how many members does the club have these days? Uh, I believe we're pushing somewhere around 225 members. Yeah, that's it, pretty good. Uh, every, every year we lose some and then we gain some more back, but we sort of hold steady in around them numbers. Okay. And so, t- I guess uh, let's uh, tell everyone a little bit about the the. Um, the facilities and and you know what like the the main attractors are for the for the club itself. Well, we're we're sort of off the roadways. We're out of everybody's uh, mm-hmm. you know we're out of general direction of everybody. So we're we're back in, in the woods aways, which is a plus because we don't have neighbors too close to interfere with our our shooting. Mm-hmm. The club has a uh, a twenty yard indoor range that we use for handgun and for small bore rifle twenty twos. Okay. Uh, we've also got a hundred yard baffled outdoor range. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have skeet trap and sporting clays. 
and for about two years now we've we've started archery so we've got an archery section that's going as well awesome yeah i remember actually i stumbled onto the the club one day i'm trying to think uh if i was by myself i can't remember but anyway i went for a drive and was just exploring these roads and found i don't remember the name of the road but i ended up finding that the end of the road was the Lunenburg Rock and Gun Club, and it is quite a ways back in the in the middle of the woods. Yeah, um, we're on the we're on the Fish Peddler Road, which is about halfway across the Indian Pass Road. The Indian Pass Road runs between the Riverport Highway and uh, and First South. So, you know, we're we're stuck in there a ways in the woods, which is good for us. So yeah, exactly. Was it about uh, 10, 10, 15 minute drive from Lunenburg? Uh, you'd probably do it in, in less than 10 minutes. Okay. It, right. It's not that far. So, okay. Um, and, uh, you're all, you've also been involved with, uh, with the firearms course, safety courses that, that were put on through NSCC. And I, I understand that, um, as of the time of this recording, that those are basically, uh, you know, those days are numbered. I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. So maybe just tell us a little bit about the courses um, that uh, that you have done, and uh, and then we can uh, maybe talk a bit about what might be happening down the road. Yeah, we uh, I've been teaching the courses since 1995 when when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we started our group of instructors started, I believe, it was January 1995 when we did our instructors course, and we had uh, I think eight instructors at, at that particular time. We also during that course, we, we were also training another six or eight, or eight instructors that belonged to, to South Shore Wildlife Federation. Right. Um, so we, we trained with more than one group. Um, we've also started doing the hunter safety courses because they were tied in with the Canadian Firearm Safety Course. Obviously, mm-hmm. most people that want to take the, right. the, uh, the firearms courses, they want to do it so that they can hunt. So it was just a natural step to, to take on the, uh, the hunter safety courses as well. Okay. Uh, we started teaching at community college. Uh, we teach our courses at community college. Uh, Wildlife Federation was teaching theirs up in Upper Northfield. There was mm-hmm. a couple other groups around, one in Queens County that taught at Hollow Log, and there's another group in, in Hubbard's that teach as well. Uh, we all, all of our courses, originally they were, everything was administered through Department of Natural Resources, mm-hmm. uh, but because it was a federal course, the, the, prevent, the province didn't want to handle it anymore, so they turned it over to community college. Uh, and it was a, it was a nice setup as far as I was concerned. We we you know we had a good classroom to teach from and all that. But uh, community college decided there wasn't enough money in it for them. Mm-hmm. I, I assume that's mm-hmm. the reason why they they're dropping it. But yeah. April the first, you know, as of April the first, we're on our own. We don't know. We don't know for sure who's going to be administering the course. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm hoping the same group of instructors will still be instructing. Yeah. I have no, no idea what the course structure is going to be, like pay-wise and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. if uh, if people are going to have to start paying more for the firearms course or if we're going to keep the same price or, right. you know, what, what we get out of it. So all of our instructors, most of the instructors that I know of, like even between our club, Wildlife Federation, Hollow Log and Liverpool, we are, we're all volunteer instructors. Mm-hmm. All of the money that we raise from teaching the courses goes directly back to the club to uh, to help support our habits, so to speak. <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. It, yeah. yeah, It's a great fundraiser for us. It's one of the, one of our biggest income makers. So, Well, it, you know, it'd be good if, if that could carry on and I don't know about other parts. Do you know how it takes place in other parts of the province or? 
Well, all all across the province, it, everything was done through the community college. Okay. That's the way they had it set up. And in order to instruct, uh, from what I was told, you had to either be part of a, like a wildlife organization, mm-hmm. a gun club, ground search and rescue, or some sort of organization like that, in order to be an instru- in order to to be on their list of instructors. Okay. Um, rumor has it that. Uh, maybe the uh, Wildlife Federation might be taking it on, who's the same group that does the hunter safety. Okay. You know, the contact for hunter safety. So yeah. if uh, if they take it over, we'll see how things work out. Hopefully everything works out the same as it is and nothing really changes other than students have to contact someone else to take the course. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I know I, I myself am registered for, I'm just going to look it up here, on the second... I think it's the second and the third. I'm registered in that course, and I guess that'll be among the last ones at the community college. So, yeah. Um, and I, uh, yeah, I should be I should be teaching that course. So you'll be one of my students. Excellent, so. excellent. <laughs> I expect you'll be extra hard on me. I'll try to. Be. I'll, <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure that you get a hundred when you leave. So, um, so uh, I guess you know. T- just tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, how you became involved in, uh, in shooting. And I assume that you, you became involved in hunting at an earlier age or, or, or whatnot. So maybe just tell us for a few minutes, how, how you got involved in, in this, uh, this, um, addicting sport. <laughs> well, like most people originally, I, you know, used to tag along with my father when he was hunting, um, you know, and some, some of his friends and, uh, I'm not going to say that they were the greatest role models because right. some of the things that they did when I look back at it and how I sort of shake <laughs> my head, but yeah. you know that's how I got interested. So sure. once I was old enough, I believe I had uh, when I was 14, I was able to uh, to carry my own firearm in the woods, as you know, and hunt small game. Mm-hmm. And I used to come home from school and grab the shotgun and go out in the woods across the house. And wasn't really a terribly successful hunter as far right. as that goes. I you know bagged a few deer over my time and. You know, uh, you know, a few rabbits and partridge and so on. Right. But uh, I'm I'm not the world's greatest hunter by any means. My what I really was interested in was shooting, and uh, that's when you know I started work at one of the garages where I worked at one time, and one of my friends introduced me to the Lindbergh Rod and Gun Club. So okay. he took me down. We were shooting handguns and sort of enjoying it, and um, they had a turkey shoot down there one night where you're just basically shooting at a bingo target just a piece of graph paper and then they put an overlay over it and Mm -hmm. you can go for high score low score and i came away that night with two uh turkey two chickens and a duck and you know (laughs) sort of get gets addicted right yeah yeah and and i didn't own any handguns at the time i owned a few hunting rifles and stuff like that and uh, Mm -hmm. um later on another friend was was a member and and uh I bought my first handgun and it sort of progressed from there. And you know, I bought a, quite a few handguns over the years, sold most of them, uh, mm-hmm. kept a, you know a few of them, and got right into the target shooting. And then would have been in 1996, someone introduced me to IPSC, which is the International Practical Shooting Confederation. Mm-hmm. Um, tried that, and I'm still still sticking with that. I do a lot of uh, comp- competition shooting with that. I had my young fellow shooting with me from when he turned 12 until he was about 15 when he, he gave it up because he mm-hmm. found other interests. Yeah. Um, I do multi-gun, which is a spin-off of the, of the IPSC. It's uh, where we're using a, like an AR-15 style rifle and a, a full high-capacity shotgun so okay. uh, and a handgun, shooting three guns and, and you know, each stage and, you know, get into that. Uh-huh. Um, 
through the years uh, because of the gun club and, and some of our, our presidents and stuff that we had that we started sporting clays and uh, our one president Morris now he died while he was in office and we started a sporting clay event in his memory and every year I used to go down and shoot that I never really had much for shotguns and really wasn't interested in shotguns that much but it sort of got me hooked mm. so I spend quite a bit of time shooting shotgun now too uh, all like all the sports, skeet, trap, and sporting clays. Okay. Sporting clays, I seem to do better at uh, at trap than I do anything else. But my favorite is sporting clays, and we do a lot of that. One of the spinoffs that we have that uh, came out through all this is the, the Nova Shoot series, which is sponsored big time by Lakeel Country Store. They put a lot of money and time into this, and Browning is another major supporter for it. And it's it's a series of four sporting play events are all 75 rounds each and uh, they have some big prizes and we shoot in uh, in Lunenburg's the first match of the year we sh- the next match is in uh, Kentville and then we shoot in Yarmouth and then we shoot in Weymouth awesome and uh, uh, the prizes you know there's a door prize that's awarded that could go to anybody somebody that shot one match or somebody that shot all the matches and uh, last year, it was a Browning over and under shotgun valued at over $5,500. Wow, yeah. Yeah, and this year, they've got the same thing. It's not it's not as expensive a gun, but it's going to be a $3,000 shotgun that can go to anybody that, that shoots at least one match. It's just wow. they draw a ticket, and whoever's name is on that ticket is the one that gets it. What's uh, what's an entry fee for, for an event? Um, I believe they're thirty-five dollars, twenty-five or thirty-five dollars for each event. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a seventy-five-round course. Uh, a lot of them will serve a meal, or, or there's meals available there and stuff like that. Okay. They give out they give out a lot of prizes during the matches. Um, they'll give out uh, anywhere from like from first place back to third place, or as far as as five positions back, depending on how many people show up. Wow. When I first started shooting it, the norm was probably around 60 people to a match. Mm-hmm. And last year, um, we had 101 at our match in Lunenburg. There was 108, I believe, in Kentville. And in Weymouth, they had, uh, I think it was around 125. Wow. Yar- even uh, Yarmouth, which is, they, they don't get the crowds as much as what they do in the other places, was mm-hmm. still up in, I believe, the high 80s. You know, so it's a lot of people coming, and they're coming from all over the place. They're coming from Yarmouth. I, some of the other guys that's on the website, uh, uh, Lloyd Ralph, uh, Rembolt, and, mm-hmm. and Kevin. They they've attended quite a few of them. So we've got people. There's a lot of people coming in from the Halifax area, and some from out around Stewiak. So awesome. It's a very well it's a very well attended event. <clears throat> is um, is there a max uh, capacity for an event like that? Well. You're the only. You mean as far as people? Yeah, like if there were 200 people showed up, would it, would everybody still be able to participate? If, if there's 200 people, it's up to the people that's putting it on, whether it's our club or Weymouth mm-hmm. or Yarmouth or Kentville, to figure out a way to get all these people through right. without people getting discouraged. Mm. And uh, some of the clubs are are excellent at it. Last year in Weymouth, it, they uh, the way they set theirs up, they do what they call a shotgun shot start, same as what they do in golf, mm-hmm. and they had. 15 stations i believe it was or 10 stations or i forget how many stations it was but they put five people on each station oh yeah and then when those when everybody's done then they bring your your next crew in so they basically had two rotations is all it was and and for you know the 125 people i believe we were done shooting by three o'clock in the afternoon so it started at 10 
Yeah. Wow. So you know, even if there were some, even if there was two hundred people, they that that particular club would probably be able to handle it, no problem. Oh yeah. yeah. I mean, this is, most of the clubs are set up in a way that uh, you know we can we can handle the big crowds. Some people, you know, depending on what time you get there, might they might have to sit around for a while. But most people don't mind it because there's a lot of people there that they mm-hmm. they can talk to and old friends that they haven't seen in a while. They can reminisce and and so on. Yeah. Exactly. I um yeah it's interesting cuz I know at least a couple people that I know friends of mine and and I you know I'm not uh as of right now I'm not a a hunter so to speak uh, or even a shooter I have shot skied a few times but uh you know I hope to get more involved in it kind of thing but it seems like there's a growing interest in in the shooting end of it um you know probably even more so than you know actual hunting itself yeah, well, it is. You, you know, when if you're going to go to a range, if you're coming down to the club, say on a Saturday morning to do, to, to practice shotgun, for example, uh, you can be guaranteed that if you shoot one round of skeet, you're going to get 25 shots off. Yeah. If you, you know, and it's unlimited to how much you can do. I've been down there already, and I shot the, between skeet and trap and sporting clays. You know, I've I've gone through 150, you know, at least 150 rounds of shotgun shells. Right. So you know. <clears> it's six yeah. Rounds. So you have the opportunity to shoot, and if and if you enjoy shooting and you want to get to know your firearm and you know and and learn to be a better shooter, it's a great way to do it because you know it's it's a reactive target. You know when you hit it, you know. And with sporting clays, you know sporting clays gives you a, a good opportunity to try all different types of, of of skills. Like we have targets that we throw that simulate rabbits, mm-hmm. there, you know, going on edge on the ground. We have uh, we have small targets that, that they call they call hummingbirds and and they sort of simulate a teal duck, right? Okay. You know, small duck that's going really fast. Then we've got our bigger targets. Uh, we've got medium-sized targets, and they've got bateaus that go up in the air and on edge and then turn and, and drop. And, yeah. you know, you may have to lead one of these targets. You may have to be five feet in front of it and five feet below it in order to hit it. So okay. you really you really have to teach yourself lead. And, and if you're a shotgun shooter, you know, whether it's, you know, migratory birds or, you know, uh, upland game or, or rabbits, it, it's a great way to learn how to shoot and you know it, it certainly helps your game that's for sure so awesome yeah no i i hope to to get out um you know get get out to at least your club at some point yeah. this year and uh and um and you know shoot some shoot some stuff <laughs> yeah i've uh, i've had a few other members out and uh you know people say well i don't have a shotgun and i you know mm-hmm. the offer always stands anybody that wants to approach me i have all kinds of shotguns and shotguns aren't an issue i can set a person up with something that you know if they want to try it a, a good quality gun that uh, i know where it hits and it, it's capable of doing the job and then the rest is up to you awesome and uh, you know it instruction isn't a big deal because most of the people that are down there are going to give you a hand, you know, tell you where you're shooting or what you need to do or maybe change your stance or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, we get some great instructors down there that, that like to help people, you know, explain to them how to actually, you know, shoot their firearm and, and get the most out of it. Nice. Yeah, I've had, uh, I've got a couple other friends uh, local to me that, that have offered to take me to the range and, and the club and uh, I'm going to try and uh, hopefully I'll get out there and, and maybe, uh, maybe even get out to one of these Nova shoot events. Yeah. Uh, another great event that we have, it's actually the one that sort of starts off the shotgun season. 
uh, we have a fun shoot, and it's it's always in April. And I believe this one, uh, if I can see a calendar here, I believe it's April. It's either the sixth or the seventh. Okay. I'm not sure. Thursday or Sunday. Yeah. And it's it's what we call our fun shoot. Okay. And it's it's an introductory shoot, and it's 25 skeet, 25 trap, and 25 sporting clays. Mm. So you get to try the three shotgun sports, right? Okay. And uh, it's it's geared up more towards a beginner. There, it's it's we got you know enough stuff in there that's complicated or or it's technical enough that it, it the good shooters don't lose interest. Right. But it, it's there's enough easier stuff in there that you know it keeps the the, the novice interested as well you don't want somebody going that doesn't hit anything no exactly you don't want a whole bunch of people getting 25 either so no you know it it gives you the opportunity that to get to learn it under sort of a low pressure situation and 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 that's been received really well because it's you know it's in april so it's before shotgun seasons in full swing and all of your hunting seasons pretty well except for the exception of coyote Mm -hmm. is uh you know sort of come to an end so people are sitting home wondering what they're going to do uh, the only downside to it, it's about the same time fishing season starts yeah. too. So, you know, yeah, that's a lot true. of times, a lot of times the water's a little bit too high for fishing, and sure. you know, and some people just like to get that shotgun out for another weekend. So, yeah, that sounds yeah. like it might be a good uh, a good way for me to get my my feet wet in it. It, yeah. it is. It's a, it's a great way to start. Mm. You know, it, it's not quite as personal as coming out to the club on a Saturday morning mm-hmm. where you can. You know, go out, you know, have five people in your squad and, and someone be able to explain stuff to you a little bit easier, a little bit clearer. But, sure. uh, you know, it's still a great way to do it. You know, we send the, the score or the, the trapper that goes around with you is there. Mm-hmm. He can explain things to you and tell you how to, you know, how far you're going to lead something or, you know, and so on. So Awesome. Now, does the Rod and Gun Club have a website with these events listed? Yeah, our website address is www.rodandgunclub.ca. Nice. Everything is lowercase letters and everything is spelled out. Nice, nice, uh, nice domain name there as well. So yeah. uh, what I'll do is um, in the show notes for this episode, I'll, I'll be sure to include that and uh, people can find out more about, uh, about the events that way in the club. And uh, if it's... Okay with you, Mike. I'll I'll put a link to your profile on the on NovaScotiaHunting.com, yep. and people can contact you that way. Yeah, that's not a problem. Perfect. Uh, one yeah. uh, one other thing that I should probably mention, so people sure. don't get upset with me. Sure. Uh, archery, the archery division, I believe, is holding the provincials this year. Or okay. The, I I believe it's the provincials. So we have some a, a very big uh, a match coming up for archery this year as well. So. Okay. Is that in the summer or? Uh, it's it's in the summer. I'm not sure the okay. exact date of it. It's either well spring or summer. Sure. I shouldn't say summer. Sure. Uh, that's listed on the website as well. Okay. Uh, yeah. on the, all the all the sections are there. Whether it's handgun, rifle, shotgun, or archery, all the sections are there, and we try and keep a, an up to date schedule of what's going on. So awesome. Well, th- thanks. Uh, thanks a lot, Mike, for taking the time to chat with me, and uh, I'm sure everybody who's listening will. We'll uh, find that quite interesting, and maybe the club will get some new members, and the, those events will will get a better turnout. Yeah, it's uh, been great talking to you, and I hope people uh, get you know they like to the, the broadcast and and uh, strikes up some interest in some people. It's always nice to have new members. It's always nice to have people come out, and it's nice to meet people from you know from the hunting website that uh, you know that you know put a face to a name, so to speak. It's, uh, yeah, exactly. 
What's okay. uh, what's um just one last question. What's yeah. membership in a club like like the Lunenburg Rock and Gun Club? Our membership is eighty dollars a year. Mm-hmm. Um, they we have family memberships as well, and the family membership is based on like one regular membership, one one senior membership, I should should say, mm-hmm. and then from then on, it's like fifty percent of the other membership. So if it was a junior membership, junior membership is forty dollars. So if it was an adult and a junior, then you'd be looking a hundred dollars for the two of them. Okay. Um, you know, so we we have different uh, rate, uh, ratings or different price ranges depending on on your situation. That's all listed on the club as well on the club website as well. Awesome. So if anybody's interested, it's all on there. There are some shooting fees that are associated with it as well uh, on the indoor range, whether we're shooting handgun or 22 rifle or archery as far as that goes, we charge $3 a night, which basically goes to feed our generator. We don't have power because we're so back, far back. <laughs> yeah. in which is a, a disadvantage to us. Sure. Uh, so some of, sometimes it's an advantage, sometimes it's a disadvantage. So yeah. we've got a, you know, a, a diesel generator to generate power and you know, diesel fuel isn't cheap this time of no. year or any no. time of year. So, so we charge for that. And then when we're doing uh, shock, the shotgun sports, obviously shotgun stuff's all going to be outside. Uh, we charge uh, for a round of, of skeet trapper, skeet or trap, actually sporting clays doesn't really matter. It's four, it's $4 a round for, for skeet trap and sporting clays. Mm-hmm. We charge $1 generator fee to go along with it because we just run a small generator on the outdoor range for that. So, you know, so basically it's $4 a round for the uh, skeet trap and sporting clays, which it covers your, your 25 targets. So well, that sounds quite reasonable to me. And, and I don't, I don't know it's that much pretty, about it. It's pretty much normal, what norm for what all clubs are charging. Uh, some, some clubs charge you more than that for a round of, of shotgun sports, uh, you know, and so on. Mm-hmm. Our, our, our outdoor range, there's, there's no fees associated with that because most people bring their own targets and, and so on. So uh, as long as they clean up after themselves sure. and they bring their stuff, we're, we're happy. So sure. that's just there for anybody to enjoy. So Awesome. Well, that, that sounds really good, and uh, and like I say, hopefully we can draw some extra attention to the club and the sport, and uh, thanks again for taking the time to talk to me today, Mike, and yep. uh, we'll, uh, we'll uh, see you, uh, I guess I'll see you when I take that course. Yeah, and hopefully we'll see you at the range, too. Yeah, for sure. Sounds good, Mike. Yep. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Mike Saban for taking the time to speak with me and be interviewed for this podcast episode. Uh, to review the show notes on this episode, again, you can visit MaritimeOutdoorsman.com slash 002, or just go to MaritimeOutdoorsman.com and you'll find a link for episode number two there. Thanks again for tuning in, and I uh, look forward to bringing you the next episode. Have a great day. <laughs>